Dear friends, by now we're all well aware that the times we live in are filled with turmoil. We have pandemics, wars, climate change, governments on the brink of crumbling under the pressure of opposite views. The world is becoming increasingly polarized. More questions are being asked and previously hidden facts are coming to light. How are we as individual human beings responding to these troublesome and apparently outer conditions and impositions we are living through? There are a few questions we could ask ourselves. Are we just bystanders suffering from impositions coming from the outside world, from other people, from corporations, from the astral conditions? Or are we maybe active contributors to the whole picture of upheaval? And therefore, maybe we can remind ourselves of Gandhi's wise words. Be the change you want to see in the world. Maybe we have noticed in ourselves, in our daily interactions with family or friends or at work, how our state of mind and being affects those around us. How are our actions can trigger reactions and the other way around. And we perhaps too often tend to react automatically. Our worry, fear, and anxiety tend to perpetuate themselves and move us in repeated circles again and again. And how even the happiest of times are inevitably mixed with the fear of losing who or what apparently gives us that happiness. Dear friends, have you noticed these patterns repeating in your lives? Once we start to realize this condition of perpetual struggle, where even the ups are followed by the fear of coming down, we start to recognize the limits of this world, and more importantly, the limits we are living within ourselves, the limits of our own natural consciousness. The Sufi scholar Rumi said, the cure for the pain is in the pain. Once we have observed the pain of the ebb and flow, of natural life and how we contribute to our own and the world's pain, an opening appears. The observed pain opens an insight or maybe a pre-remembrance, a state of peace, permanence, beauty, and absolute truth does not exist. And that the longing for this state appears, some call it the homesickness of the soul. 
our permanent immortal core in the School of the Golden Rosy Cross called the Spirit Spark has been touched in its microcosmic center as life's trials have opened up. Thus, we become seekers of that I am of unity and permanence of whose existence we are now aware. There usually will be many more trials and the seeker will look for solutions in many directions. Mostly nowadays, we tend to seek solutions with our intellect up until we realize that our keenly trained intellect is also just part of the natural world. We will speak more about these trials and the true awakening of the soul in the third part of our presentation. But before that, we would like to point out, and it is very likely that you have already noticed that everything seems to be accelerating, that humankind could soon be reaching its point of crisis. It is, however, a crisis that is also creating conditions which are very favorable as more of us are having that breakthrough to the inner core of three remembrance, to the insight of our microcosmic immortal origin and original unity with eternity. Friends, the world we live in is a material world and is subject to time and change. It is not eternal. At any given time, suddenly and without warning or the capacity to avoid it, a material impact could consign us individually or all humanity to history, just like the dinosaurs. Or just as dramatically, death could in an instant remove us from this stage upon which we strut and fret as Shakespeare put it so succinctly. Or, as another bird put it, do not ask for whom the bell tolls, for it tolls for thee. He was referring to the death of anyone or anything as being also partly a death of one who feels the unity with everything. In all our trials and tribulations, we begin to realize that as material beings, there's nothing we can cling to or hold on to, but there's something that stays with us. Seeing the big picture, we could describe this as the accumulation of error, actions that incur karma, both good and bad. This karma stays with us for the rest of our earthly life, unless we expiate it, and is even carried over microcosmically into the next incarnation thereby life with repeated incarnations will not be a circle but a spiral either up or down wave after repeated wave of change comes to help drive us to this to the shore for the prodigal son to return to the safety of the house of the father one such wave in time is the aquarian age which is dawning earlier than expected perhaps to save those who can still be saved from the choppy seas of dialectics, of duality, 
and return them to their original home before the night of the coming cosmic revolution. Just as death is a myth, is a messy which necessarily breaks up crystallization and stagnation, so too does a cosmic revolution wash away the accumulated karma of humankind. There's a new dawn for the surviving remnant of humankind, which can initially be free of karma and live an approximate non-dual life as explained by the hermetic philosophy. These teachings are much older than is currently thought and arose after a cosmic revolution with the destruction of Atlantis. An example of these teachings is given in the following quote attributed to Hermistris Magistus. How long also will you continue to be vexed by unsatisfied desires, ceaselessly fleeing from each sensation to its contrary? Now from heat to cold and now from cold to heat. Now from hunger to saturation and from saturation to hunger. As long as you are in want of these corporate goods, you are vexed by unsatisfied desire for them. If you get possession of them, then all the time that you have them, you are tormented by fear of losing them. And if they quit you and you no longer have them, then you are freed from that fear. But the loss of them affects you with grief and sorrow. So lay down also the cause of this pain and sadness. Do not regret to live that sadness, sorrow, fear, and pain caused by unsatisfied desires. Do not let it bother you any longer that you, satisfied in this way, become free of fear and happy. People try to find what they are looking for in the world about them, but nothing really satisfies them. By a possibly long process of exhaustive seeking, they begin to feel that what they are seeking will not be found here in a world of duality and yet their faith that there is indeed something else becomes stronger. They begin to realize that the truth is nearer than hands and feet. They turn inward and do so while being guided by the light. Friends, we have now introduced to you the knowledge that although mortal, we also carry within ourselves the remnants of immortality, a spark of the spirit. And although it can be considered as dormant, its presence, however, sends out a longing, a vague pre-remembrance of this past existence that constantly stirs us with an inner unrest. It is this longing to once again unite and experience this perfect divine state that also keeps us from finding any genuine fulfillment, any form of contentment with the values of this nature order. This unrest stirs us into seeking for those higher absolute spiritual values. So we know that as a seeker, our life experiences have also given us an insight into the limitations, not only of this world, but also of ourselves. 
we say this because when confronted with this reality, we intuitively recognize the truth of it. And this insight, this increasing self-awareness has also come to realize that our inability to find rest is in actuality linked to this voice of longing, this yearning for a higher, more pure life. And this voice does not originate from our I being, our ego, our deepest self, but rather confronts us with an echo of its own divine nature. Hence, it places before our inner eye the contrast between what we are and what we could become. This voice of the spirit spark, this jewel in the lotus, brings a new melody into our being, and our whole direction in life is challenged by a new path of experience, a path whose possibilities gradually open before us. The truth of our own reality also extends to the reality that hidden within this seed grain of Jesus, this divine principle of the heart, lies the possibility to transcend the limitations of our natural state of being. And as we are drawn ever more deeply into listening to this inner voice, so our longing begins to guide us, firstly intuitively and eventually becoming linked to our consciousness. And so this gradually emerging new light that shines within our hearts also guides our understanding of the path that we must follow in order to once again fulfill the purpose of our lives, to unite with the spirit of divine love. Thus, our longing brings us the insight that to begin this spiritual path, our life of action must also begin to express the principles of divine love. We must begin to move from selfishness to selflessness. So while our hearts are full of longing and our heads guide us with a newfound insight, our hands, our actions, our behaviours must begin to express the principles of self-sacrifice. And it is this action of the spiritual seeker of self-surrender to the path of return that brings about a newly found unity, a new balance between the head, our insight, the heart, our longing, and the hands, our life of action. Through this new mode of life, a life driven by love, the birth of a new soul activity comes into being. And this transmutation of our natural state of selfishness into that of selflessness um, creates the possibility for us to be reunited with the divine. 
through this path of sacrifice of the self to the original divine principle within, the spirit spark, the trials of life can become the awakening of a new soul state that can ultimately be crowned with a union with the spirit.